0: another episode of the Doster and Dashaun Podcast. My name is Rob Doster. We are live right now on the Field of 68 Media Network. Sean. how What's you doing? Everything good?
1: What's good? What's good? What's good? How you guys doing? How you doing? I how you guys, just you. How are you doing? <laughs> well, we, got, we
0: got people joining us, man. We got people coming in. Yeah, test
1: test For the
0: people that are listening on uh, the podcast right now, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we are allowing uh, the stream to fill up just a little bit. Um, We are recording this live right after Kansas went into Lubbock and knocked off number 14, Texas Tech. In what was a pretty fun and pretty entertaining um, and also frustrating at times uh, college basketball game to watch – Kansas ended up winning 58-57 after Jalen Wilson blocked a jumper from Terrence Shannon uh, in the final minutes. Um, Kansas has still not lost since the uh, opening night of the college basketball season when they lost to the number one Gonzaga. Uh, Shai Igbaji had 23 points in the win. Mac McClung went for 21 while Terrence Shannon had 20 and hit four threes. Uh, Deshaun, let's start it off with this. Does this – kind of cement to you or prove to you that uh, that Kansas is the best team in the big 12. Like, where do you feel on that? I know, I know you have a little bit of uh of loyalty, shall we say to your mountaineers yeah, yeah, but where, does, no. where, where does Kansas stand in terms of being the best team in the big 12 for you right now?
1: Uh, honestly, I would say Kansas is definitely like a top three team in the big 12. They just beat a team who I consider to be one of the top in the top three or top four in the big 12 uh, in Texas tech. Um here's what I would say about Kansas. I can sit here and like like we're going to go over this game and recap the game and I can sit there and tell you like oh they shot like this from the field or they shot like this from the three point line in the first half and the second half. You can give all the numbers you want to at the end of the day Kansas just finds a way to go out there and win the game. It could be ugly, it could be cute, it could be whatever. Like they lost to a Gonzaga team and they've played good teams for the most part who we people who've People smart. You could say smarter than us. I doubt they are, but you could say they're smarter than us. Have you know they have ranked teams under their belt that they have beaten, and we they are considered good teams. And these guys have gone out and had you could say ugly games, you could say decent looking games, but they've gone out and went and won those games. I mean, excuse me. So, I mean, all I can say about Kansas is they lost to a really really good team, and they've beaten everybody else who who they were supposed to beat.
0: Yeah, and and it's I think it says something about a team if they're able to win all of these close games. Now it's Bags. never, it's never really all that comforting when you are, you know, trailing North Dakota state by seven in the second half. And, uh, you need to hold on and get a couple of defensive stops in the final minute to be able to win a game like that. Um, it's never, uh, it's never great when you see Kentucky getting smoked by the likes of Notre Dame, uh, by the likes of, of, of Richmond. And you're struggling to beat them down by 12 in the first half. Um, so there's definitely things that this this Kansas team needs to work out, but I think what we've been saying all along is that Bill Self is going to find a way to make it work, right? And and the thing that really impressed me tonight was that Jalen Wilson has kind of been the guy that has taken over that 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 starring role, that leadership role. Uh well, I maybe mean, leadership's the wrong word, but the starring role. Like he's been the guy for Kansas over the course yeah. of the last two or three weeks. And he he wasn't against Texas Tech, Like, they completely took him out of the game. He only got four shots off. Yeah. Right? If you're if yeah, you're just if you're supposed to be the best player on Kansas and you're only getting four shots off, I think that kind of tells you um, a little bit about the way that Texas Tech was able to uh, to defend him. You know, they threw bodies at him. Um, Terrence Shannon is a good matchup size-wise. Micah Pevia is a good matchup size-wise. The way that Texas Tech switches and plays that no-middle defense can kind of take you out of what you want to run. Um, so there's, there's reasons why Jalen Wilson never really got it going, but I think it's a very – very good sign for Kansas moving forward that they can win a game like this on the road against an objectively good Texas Tech team, despite the fact that the guy that's been their star hasn't really been playing all that well.
1: It's true. Uh, To your point, I love to give Bill self-his credit, but you also got to start giving uh, the team their credit too. These guys, they go out there and they win close games. Mm -hmm. Granted, they they may be looking ugly. They may not be the prettiest games, but they win those games. I think back to my senior year and a lot of other teams as well. I mean, I think, we probably had like two blowouts the entire year that year, but we won a ton of close games. We had a couple of games, excuse me, we had more than a couple of games where we had to come back from behind. And there were games we were up by only a little bit, but we won close games. And we get into the tournament, you're going to have to win close games. Every game's not going to be a blowout. So if you're experienced in being in those games where it's going to be close, you may be down, and to you it means nothing because you're going to come back or you're up by a little bit and you just know that you got, hey, guys, we need to. Stay on our on our P's and Q's because, you know, this is a close game. You know, having that in your under your belt for an entire season, almost or even half a season, you you have a good good basketball to look forward to. I would assume late, you know, late in the year because you're you're accustomed to it.
0: Mm-hmm. And so the reason why I want to give Bill Self the credit, um, obviously the players make the plays, but the reason I feel like right. the big, Bill Self gets the 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 credit is is twofold. One. Switching to zone in the second half changed everything. Yeah, like Texas, yeah. Texas, Texas Tech was rolling. Um, they kept they kept finding the mismatches that they needed. Uh, they were just murdering Kansas on the offensive glass. How many offensive rebounds did Texas Tech end up with? They had 13 offensive rebounds on the night, and it yeah. felt like all of them came in like that one five minute span early on in the second were, half.
1: Were they rolling or was Mac McClellan rolling <laughs> early in that
0: game? Well yeah I mean Mac McClellan got it going and <laughs> yeah. then early yeah and then early in the second lot. half like, <laughs> he, he he drew two two fouls on yeah. uh three point shots um and then Micah Peavy when it got like I, I felt like they got offensive rebounds on like six straight possessions. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it was, and but I it was felt six, like
1: but it was a it was a good bet though.
0: And so Bill Self throws on that it puts in Dave McCormick, he throws on that that junky two three zone and yeah. it completely took Texas Tech out of everything. Like you started seeing them uh, pass the ball around the perimeter for 25 seconds and throw right. up a contested three, right? Like, yeah. and it wasn't like Kansas was doing anything offensively on the other end. No. Every time they put the ball on the floor, it was an offensive foul because apparently Texas Tech can't do anything but take charges. That's the only thing Texas Tech is allowed to do. Yeah. And they kept throwing the ball to David McCormick in the post. And and look, and that's like, yeah,
1: don't you? Actually, you say because I don't want to say anything. That's not my. That's, the, that's, <laughs> that's that's
0: the shot that Texas Tech wants. Let's just put it. I'm trying to be nice. Like I, I don't want to.
1: He, he's that's he's a that you know. junior
0: <laughs> college man. I'm not going to be too hard on him. But like there, let's put it like this: there is a reason why teams are allowing David McCormick to go one on one to the post. There's a reason why David McCormick is open from 15 feet away from the basket. It's just yeah. at some point, it's, it's like, dude, just stop shooting. Just just stop. Just stop shooting. You're driving me crazy watching this. Just stop shooting. I bet on Kansas tonight. Stop fucking shooting, man. I mean, um, he
1: had to shoot, though, because, I mean, the guy I thought was supposed to be the guy this year and my man Marcus Garrett, who had he had 10 and 10 tonight. But I still he's not picking it up on the offensive end as much. Abaji came out there and played well. So, you know, Jalen's not playing well. McCormick is doing his normal, you know. Not say normal to downplay McCormick's play. He's playing a solid game, but him and Jalen both had the same stats today. And
0: that's the most generous solid game that anyone's ever ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Most generous I've ever heard of a solid game. You're
1: sick. You're sick. Um, Go Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, but yeah, I mean, I feel like someone's gonna have to get these shots up. And Brown wasn't hitting. Brown, excuse me. Brown wasn't hitting tonight. And Jalen wasn't in his bag tonight. So McCormick was a shot. They he he made a couple, uh, I would say, what is that? Like early in the second half. But even then, I mean, it, it it just had a rough shooting night altogether. I mean, they shot solid from three. They shot okay from the field. The thing that kind of helped them was the fact that they made the free throws and they didn't turn the ball over as much as they, you know, I am mean, actually, excuse me, it turns the ball over more than more than uh, Texas Tech did, but they they found a way to win. I would say that. they. I can't even find a way. I'm still shocked that they won the game because it looked like Texas Tech had everything going in their momentum in a sense. Like, yeah, China I mean, was high, was, everything was going. It, it was that
0: zone in the second half that kind of took Texas Tech out of their rhythm. And then Obagi uh, made a couple of huge threes. Yeah, huge. Um, and, and so there was another thing that I thought was really interesting, and that's that Dewan Harris came in and played – like, most of the the, the stretch. And yeah. it took the pressure off of Marcus Garrett. Like, I mean, Deshaun, you know this, man. There is a difference between a guy that is a great passer and a great playmaker and a guy that is a, a full-fledged point guard, a pure in fact, point guard. Marcus Garrett is the former. Like, that, that dude can make all the passes you need to make. He can make the reads that you need to make. But he is not –
1: Kendall Marshall. It's, <laughs> you know, it's like it's never. Like it's, it's,
0: it's, yeah. it's, it's a problem when he is the guy that is running the offense. And we've seen it over and over and over with, with Kansas uh, this season. So I thought it was really interesting that he brought in Dewan Harris on the stretch. And like Dewan Harris is, is fine, right? Yeah. But it's, it's having someone that can kind of take that pressure off of him a little bit and even just giving you that option. You know, I don't know if you want to use him for 30 minutes a game. That's probably not the best bet. But the fact sure. that he came in, he made some plays, he stuck a huge three. You know, credit to the kid coming in. And it's not easy when you haven't been getting consistent minutes in those kind of pressure situations to come in to do it and perform. And he did. You got to give him credit for that.
1: Facts, facts, man. Especially thinking about, like, I thought that Thompson would have more of a, uh, a, a scoring role. I mean, excuse me, a more of a uh, point guard presence role. On yes. the team, but as you can see, like he's more of like you know he's a scoring guard. Which I mean, you knew that coming in, but I just thought that it would uh it would give Garrett an opportunity to do what he did a, a little bit more last year with more scoring responsibility. But that didn't uh, that's not panning out at the moment. You know, the season's still going, so you know I got faith in the guy. I feel is supposed to be uh an All American. <laughs> I mean, he—he's he, doing all American things
0: defensively, and and he's able to be a playmaker. It's just, it's, it's too much. I think it's just too much because we saw it especially against a team like Texas Tech that takes you out of what you want to run. So you have to have someone that can go out there and facilitate and create on the fly um, and do things that don't come out of like a structured set play. Right. And I just don't—I don't think that Marcus Garrett is that guy. I also. My, so my thing with with beating the Texas Tech defense, like the way that they want to do this, is they force you away from the middle, they keep you on one side of the floor, yeah. and they want you to drive baseline. So what you need are all these playmakers that can kind of like go baseline, but not drive baseline. Because as soon as you make that dribble towards the baseline, there that's that's the cue for their help to to come it's over, true. come over exactly. Yeah, so the weak side is coming over to, to get to the charge spot. you got someone dropping down to the other opposite baseline. You have someone dropping down to cut off the pass to the big. So you have three guys on the baseline, which means that you're going to have people around the perimeter if you you space the floor correctly. So if you have those kind of like soft drives, I call them, mm-hmm. and you space the floor on the other side of the floor, then that's how you beat a defense like this. That's how you beat a defense like the one that Baylor runs because it's very similar to Texas Tech's.
1: Yeah. And can't just didn't do that. Like they ran – So much of their weave action and like yeah, it starts to clog stuff up. I feel like ball screens would help them more or less. Like somebody like uh, like you just said, Garrett isn't going to. He's like you saw it in the game. He tried to create off the fly. He drove Santos, so punches it out of bounds. Two hands. Like he had a couple a couple possessions where it didn't go the way he wanted it to go. I feel ball. I feel like ball screens would help their scenario out. Because you put the ball in his hand, he comes off the screen. Now he has the opportunity to keep two defenders to find somebody else doing what he can naturally do, which is find people. But it also, if they don't stop him, it gives him the opportunity to create an angle and an edge to go to the basket. It, it, the, the weave kind of, it's just nonstop. I remember in the first half watching it, he just, he couldn't weave one way. He came back the other way, couldn't weave the other way, came back. No one came and then he ended up settling for like a jump shot around the uh, mid-range area that went off the back rim and, it it, it kind of left him in a, a terrible spot. So I feel like they need to add ball screens, man. It'll help them out in the long run <laughs> and keep the ball in the guy's hands. They need to keep the ball in. How do you how do you feel about
0: Texas Tech at this point? Like where do you where do you stand on this on on this team?
1: I like the team. They're like a two or three man driven team. Um, I before I look, looking at Peavy's game tonight, like it kind of felt like all right, cool. He he's not like a 10, 12 shots a game kind of guys. Like he rests in that, that five a game. And then uh, McClung, I mean, he's, they run, the, the, the he's the head of the snake almost with him and Shannon. Like they're, these guys are the main, like the predominant scorers of the team. They also didn't have a good game from Edwards today, but like, I mean, it seems like McClung and, and Shannon Jr. were the guys in, it's cool. The defense, once again, what did they say? They were number one in the in the country. The it was in, in, in Ken, Ken it, it was
0: it was in Ken Palm's rankings, and they're they're number one of the country right now. Um, and I th- I think that has to do a lot with what they have coming back, and it's still like Ken Palm's rankings until you know yeah. two months <laughs> into the season have so much of the. Uh, so the The preseason projections baked into the formulas, yeah. um, but I mean, like their defense is—they're they're really, really good. They've it's beaten good. some good teams, think, and they don't—they can't, they can't yeah. yeah, they can't score yet. Like they're, they're still yeah. a mess offensively.
1: Yeah, I would say offensively they're not all there. I mean, you could tell by they shot like twenty something percent from three tonight. They shot thirty something from the field. Like they went to they—they <laughs> they do a great job of drawing fouls. Like they, they got drew, they drew 22 fouls tonight, went to the free throw line 18 times, and me 11, I think 10 or 11. Like, so their shooting as a whole needs some work, but mm-hmm. defensively, they did everything you would want them to do. By the way, the defense is set up like that style of sending everything baseline to help coming over, and them, them being able to crowd on and making sure no not allowing uh middle drives and so on and so forth. They kept Kansas to under 60 points, like, what. <laughs> Like, what do you want? (laughs) It's a team that supposedly, like, besides, like, maybe one other game, like, they have, like, 80 points in games or 70 points in games. Like, they're at under 60 or 60 or whatever the case may be. Like, they did a great job defensively. I feel like they're there. Uh, What is it, Coach Beard? Great job. Like, they're there. It's just offensive. Their offensive uh, arsenal needs some work. Can't shoot 61 from the free free throw line. Can't shoot 26 from the the three-point line. You can't shoot 32 from the field and expect to win games, and not to mention they're shooting. It, it just it it highlights the assists and the turnovers. Like it's they had seven turnovers, which is great, but they only had eight assists. So it's just like people aren't making shots.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean everything was one on one, and even down the stretch, yeah. it, that that really came to the forefront. Um, you know, Terrence Shannon, the the shots that he made, I think, are a big indicator for. Texas tech moving forward, because the, the the thing with him is like, we know what he can be defensively. Right. yeah And it's not really a secret of what he can do off the bounce. And there are people that were around that Texas tech program last year that told me that he was probably the best pro prospect on the roster mm-hmm. because he had the physical tools and because he had the switchability and blah, blah, blah. And all, all the stuff that makes you intrigued in the player. The only problem was like the skill wasn't quite there. The mm-hmm. shooting wasn't quite there. And even this year, like he was coming into this game, he was shooting twenty-two percent from three.
1: Yeah, they said he made two
0: threes prior to this game. Yeah, and he came in and he knocked down four or seven tonight. And he made a couple of tough, tough, tough threes. I think it was three in the final seven minutes that he hit. So if that comes around, like that Terrence Shannon playing the way that he played tonight is a game changer for them because it gives them another outlet of creativity offensively. And the biggest thing, if you look at, at Chris Beards teams, the ones that he had the most success with, right? What they would do is they run that motion, 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 and if they don't get anything out of it, then they gave the ball to Keenan Evans and they said, all right, we're going to give you a ball screen, go make a play. Yeah. That was in that was the year that they made it to the Elite Eight. When they made it to the national title game, what they did was they run motion, 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 and then if nothing comes out of it, they give the ball to Jarrett Culver and they say, okay, we're going to give you a ball screen, go make a play, and – that works when you have your point guard is the big 12 player of the year and a guy that has played in the NBA, Keenan Evans. That works yeah. when your playmaker and your go-to guy and your lead yeah. guard, which is what Jarrett Culver was, is a top six pick in the NBA draft. It doesn't work when the guy that you're relying on is Kyler Ed- Edwards, like, they were, like it was last year. Yeah. It doesn't work when – you're relying on Jamiahs Ramsey to be Marcus Smart, and it turns out that Jamiahs Ramsey is basically a guy that can just space the floor and knock down jumpers. Now, he did that really well, but he wasn't what we thought he was going to be. Uh, Kyler Edwards, that, that's who that staff wanted to be their star last year. Like They they were waiting for him to take a step forward during last season, and he never quite took that step forward. Tonight, he was 0 for 9 from the floor, 0 for 5 from 3. He got had a, a rebound and an assist. Like, Complete a terrible night. No, no impact on the game whatsoever. Yeah. And you can't have that from the guy that is supposed to play that position. And Mac McClung, like I mean, he's fine. You want him to be the 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 guy that can go out and get a bucket, but you don't want him to be the guy that you're relying on to run that offense exactly. through. He's not that he's not that player. So to me, like that is what they are still missing. And I don't know if Terrence Shannon can be that guy, but if you have two guys that can you can just trust to be able to give the ball to and say okay go make a play and they can go make a play that takes some of the pressure off it, it makes you less predictable um, you know it, it, you're not going to have the playmakers it's not going to be as easy when you don't have a point guard facilitating but having two guys that you can just kind of line up and say okay go score is much better than having one guy that you can line up and say go score and that's what they that's what I thought they were going to have when it was just Mac Clung. But if Terrence Shannon can beat this guy, like, they need that. Because things yeah, can get real, real ugly offensively for Texas Tech.
1: Yeah, but it'd be awesome if they had Edwards as a little bit of a foundation. Like, they, I feel like they're lacking that foundation. I mean, to have guys that you can give the ball to when shot clock's going down or you just need a basket really quickly, that's cool to have. But that's not what the game's going to come down to for the majority of the game. And you need somebody to be like your foundation. That's why I always talk about Villanova. I love Villanova because it's like Gillespie is going to be the guy that can get you a basket in the perimeter from time to time, so on and so forth. But, and Justin Moore as well, so on, and these guys. But, like, foundation, you know, Robinson Earl is the foundation of that team. Like, how they go where he goes. So, I feel like Texas Tech is missing that piece of, you know, whether it be Edwards, whether I don't know if it's gonna be McClung. I feel like McClung, like you said, is gonna be the guy that gets it and you can score in a pinch type stuff and just get shots up. If he's consistent enough, he'll have games where he shoots it gets twenty. If not, then you know he'll have low team like you know, low team games, so on and so forth. But like they need some they need a, a little bit of foundation.
0: Yep, yep, I agree with you there. Um anything else on this game or should we uh should we kind of move on?
1: Uh shout out to Kansas. <laughs> they they wanna they wanna tough one. So they deserve uh, all praises tonight, man. Uh, shout out to Bill Self and the Jayhawks. You not being my founders. It's gonna kind of be man. Like, no, I'll, it definitely I'll, is.
0: I'll, I'll tell you this much: um, the thing, and and we we've, we've discussed this before. But the more that I watch Kansas play, and the more that I watch Texas Tech play, um, and even the more that I watch Texas play, like I just think that. West Virginia, what the shot makers that West Virginia has, and the fact that their big guys are are more adept at being able to blow up offenses um, on the perimeter offensively, at being able to switch, and being able to to eliminate ball screens, like they can, like they can they can win the Big Twelve. And I know that's saying a lot, but the fact that they can they're, they're they can play big without risking. Uh, being exposed, like, for the mismatches by teams playing sport. Like, okay, so let, let me – hold on. Let me take a step back. What made Baylor so good last season, in my opinion, was that Freddie Gillespie and Mark Vital were Mark unbelievable Vidal. offensive rebounders and were also guys that could switch onto a point guard if you needed them to. That were also guys that could protect the rim, right? Yep. Now, West Virginia has that a little bit too, right? So when they're playing Oscar Sheway out there – He's not like he's not Mark Vital, and he's never nah, going to yeah. be like Clint Capella. But I mean, if you go and watch the Gonzaga game, he's out there denying Drew Timmy forty-five feet away from the basket to to eliminate a ball reversal. He's out there um, getting in the passing lanes to make sure that that uh, Richmond can't run their Princeton offense stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need him to, he can switch onto a smaller player, right? So they can play big. They can bury you on the offensive glass they can bury you in the paint they can say fuck spacing we're just going to go and get two points on every single possession yeah and they can do that without getting exposed defensively for having that that size on the floor so that that works in college we've seen it work in college before and combine that with the fact that like you got these shooters that are making shots now like what's West Virginia is really good. But the, the Big 12 top to bottom – well, maybe not top to bottom because we've all seen Kansas State play. Yeah, I
1: was going to say. All yeah. seen, we've
0: all seen Iowa State. Let's relax. Let's
1: relax. That's, that's
0: the top, but, yeah. Those top five teams. It's crazy to think that, like, Texas Tech – here's my honest opinion. Texas Tech is, like, a, a far and away the fifth best team in that conference. Texas, to me, is pretty clearly the fourth best team in that conference. Yeah. I think Texas Tech is probably, like, a top – 15 team in the country top 20 at worst i think texas is is the top 10 team in the country
1: yeah
0: and we're like yeah west virginia baylor and kansas are quite clearly like the three best teams in the league and you got a top 10 team and a top 20 team in the car
1: like it's good there's gonna be battles in there man yeah i'm excited i'm excited to see the big 12 this year it should be a lot of fun man like (laughs) kansas and texas always make for good games in general but just uh Thinking about West Virginia, hopefully they can keep the, the shooting consistent. I mean, I don't see them shoot. I don't know. So I can't say I don't see them. But shooting the way they shot the first half of that Richmond game is, uh, I don't know. Hopefully they can continue that. Um, and if they do, like you said, they have an opportunity to win a national championship or at least win, uh, win a, a hell of a lot of games this year. Um Texas look great this year. I don't think they're uh, big enough to beat us. I don't think they'll be able to stop us on the inside, especially Culver um, and Kansas. I think they're big enough to, to do it, but I don't. I just don't think they're tough enough to do it. I don't know if they'll be able to out tough us. Like Albaji could play a really good game, depending on how like how well I, our guards do against them at WVU. But I just don't know if they they'll get what they want to get on the. Uh, on the interior. I feel like the interior game would hurt. We can hurt Kansas with a, Baylor is just Baylor. So it's going to be a fight, but I feel like those teams, you name me and adding Texas tech in as the what you said the fifth. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a nice fit for the uh, big 12 right now. All
0: right. So Purdue beat Ohio state at home. Duke went into Notre Dame, uh beat up on the Irish, the, uh, what, uh, Villanova had a 19-point win against Butler at home oh, to man. kick off Big East play for them. Illinois bounced back, uh, won by like 500 against <laughs> Minnesota. I don't know what the final score was there. <laughs> Florida State knocked off Texas Tech. Virginia Tech picked off Clemson. Those are pretty much the big games that we've uh, we've seen play since the last time that you and I talked. Yeah. Um, well, Creighton also went into – or Marquette went into yeah. uh, Omaha and beat Creighton. Um, yeah. so like what what stands out to you the most about those? Is there anything that we really took away? Like what has been give me your takeaways from the last couple of days before we uh we we get into a preview of the weekend.
1: Uh honestly, I got a chance to watch the uh the Villanova and Butler game. Butler shot the ball amazing early on in the game. But uh Villanova, like you said, they went and they took care of business in the second half. I was super impressed with uh, Justin, uh Justin Moore's first half. Mm-hmm. Like I once again, like uh Talk, I talk about uh Jeremiah Robinson Earl all the time, but Justin Moore was also a Big East like uh, rookie a rookie selection uh, last year as well. So seeing like his development this year and seeing how well he does and how much he helps them out, especially when Gillespie had like a, a rough start to the game, he kind of like eased his way into the game. Um, it, that, that's going to be like very 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 important for uh, Villanova to, Villanova to have that uh. That, that other guard, like that other player. You know, Samuels does a good job, um, and he helps out uh, JRE a ton, but uh, Gillespie, uh, when Gillespie's having those rough patches, it's good to see that you have someone like Justin Moore that can step up and uh, make some shots. And, you know, it helped Villanova out. I mean, Gillespie helped Villanova out toward the end, but it helps Villanova out and makes them a little bit more of a well-rounded team.
0: Yeah, uh, Caleb Daniels too. And, Caleb and the Daniels, about,
1: there we go. I couldn't even think of his name at the time. It was like rattling right on my head.
0: The, the, the thing about both of those guys is that um, they're just like so quintessential uh, Villanova, right? They can defend up or down. They make threes. They can play off the bounce. They can dribble into the lane, come to that jump stop and pivot around until they find someone open. They can score in a post. They can They can pass. You can play them in ball screens. You can play them as the screener in ball screens. They can space the floor. Like, they just do everything on a basketball court that you need someone to be yeah, able exactly. to do. So, um, yeah. Like, when they're when those guys are making shots, it just – and here's the other part of it. When, those, when they're making shots and you have to defend those three guys out around the lane, then when Villanova does those – run those actions where they can kind of isolate JRE, yeah. like at the foul line area – kind of in the head of the key and just let him go one-on-one against the takes. Like they got no shot because they can't help. And no yeah, big right. in college is going to be able to stay in front of him. Yeah. he's too. So, yeah. So I, I love the way that they have the offense set up to, like the key to Villanova is just going to be, can they control penetration? And like, yeah, I, I feel like there are times when I watch them play and I'm like, yeah, you know what? If you put me out there, I'm getting to the rim if Colin Gillespie's guarding me. I'm getting he to the rim if Caleb, if Caleb Daniels is guarding me. So that's, the big thing is whether or not they can um, Defend, they can man. control dribble drives. Um, so, yeah, Marquette beating Creighton just Creighton can't really guard. I mean, they they bounce back with a nice win over Saint John's tonight, but it's just if you can't get stops, you're not going to be able to win. And, and Marquette just lit them up offensively. I man, I, I think it really Marquette, is just that simple.
1: Marquette is on a run note. They got some uh, <laughs> they got some names under their belt so far to share yeah, <laughs> Some rank names they under their belt.
0: They won at Creighton and they beat uh, they beat Wisconsin. So, I mean, they're 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 good, man. They're, they're, they the uh, they got those two freshmen, Dawson, Dawson Garcia and Justin Lewis, that can really mm-hmm. really play. That gives them a level of uh, toughness and athleticism, kind of at that forward spot that they haven't really had. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they, like normally when you see them playing small, the last couple of years, it's been uh, guys that have been kind of threes that have been forced into playing bigger roles, whereas. Justin Lewis and Dawson Garcia are like probably college fours, mm-hmm. and they are good enough where you can slide them down a little bit. And that kind of that 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 like again that help when when you can play big and match up with teams that play small. Like that's that's the that that that's how yeah. you win in college basketball. That's what you got. Small
1: ball killer anywhere, man. Yeah. If you the a are playing small ball, you're four. Especially your four man, and in, including your five, can go out there and slide the perimeter. Yeah, that's small ball killer. Like it's nothing. That the purpose of that is to expose bigs, and if you can't expose the big and you can't create a mismatch out of it, there, and there's no mismatch. It's done. So now you're going to beat them up on the boards, and then you're going to beat them up on the uh, block on offense. Like it's just, you get nothing out of it.
0: Yeah, and like this is this isn't a new phenomenon, right? No, if, if we're not we're not breaking new ground here, right? Like, so go back and look at let's just okay, 2018 national championship, right? They won because Jalen Brunson would post up and Omar Spellman would make the Villanova one Because mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson, their point guard, would post up and Omar Spellman, their center, would step out and knock down threes. He shot like forty two percent. Go and look at the Warriors teams that won all those titles. They played with Kevin Durant, who was a seven footer. And Draymond Green, who was a 6'6 six, six power forward, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't playing small ball. They were playing skilled ball. Look at look at the Lakers last year. Their, their starting lineup would go like 6'6", 6'8", 6'8", LeBron, uh, Anthony Davis. And everyone was like, yeah, they're playing small. It's like, no, they just happen to have two big guys that play on the perimeter and surround them with shooters. And, like, that's, that's it. That's yeah. how you win. Like basketball has been beaten. The theory for basketball has been beaten. It's like when you go and uh, you figure out how to finally beat like that that one boss in Mario or whatever. You and know, you,
1: yeah. Just keep hitting the same spot. Like it's a dead yeah. deal. Like, but that's what I always felt about like uh, when or when the Warriors went in their run and they're just like there's four perimeters and one big and this is all like, oh, they're playing small. But playing. And I'm like, honestly, if you get the right four man in there. It can make things difficult for a smaller. It doesn't matter how big the person is; he could be seven feet. If you get the right four men in there, it can make things difficult for small ball. It's just that there was never the right time. They weren't playing the right forwards. They 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 had mismatches and they exploited those mismatches. So small ball. It, it doesn't matter if a college team plays small ball. If you have the right forwards, the right bigs for the spot that can defend the perimeter, and they can score in the block as well, and you can score in the block as well as the team, you have nothing to worry about
0: so i 've gone on this ramp before, um, and i'm going to do it again right now before we get into the uh a breakdown of Iowa versus Gonzaga but like small ball is not what you 're trying to play when you're like at any level you don't want to be smaller yeah. you want to be you want to be skilled you want to be more skilled at every position you want to be able to create the mismatches at every single position and actually i just so we're sitting here we're, we're recording this live at like 10 o'clock on a thursday and we were just touted up marquette like how they got some bodies on them yeah. and they're losing by 10 at home to seton hall,
1: yeah, <laughs> seton hall they, Yo, early, 17 to 7 last time i turned around before we started talking
0: yeah, so Marquette has scored twenty eight points in twenty two minutes, and we're just over here. Becky's um, basketball,
1: man. Becky's basketball. Yeah. Shot Um,
0: But yeah, so to, just to finish my rant, it's it's small ball is not a thing. It's skilled ball. You want to be more skilled at every position. You want to have the same height, but have the more skilled player on your roster. That that's what it is. It's not small ball. It's skilled ball, and they want to space the floor. So um, that's the end of my rant. All right, <laughs> Iowa, Gonzaga. Uh if if Baylor Gonzaga doesn't happen, this will, pro- this will probably this is probably the game of the year. We got Luca Garza going up against Drew Timmy. We got Jalen Suggs, who is probably gonna end up being healthy. Um we have two teams that want to run, 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 two teams that want to chuck up threes, uh, two veteran teams, two teams that don't necessarily love playing defense. Like I I cannot tell you. How excited I am.
1: <laughs> I know you're excited. Go
0: <laughs> oh, it's going to be so much fun. I know
1: you're excited. I can tell.
0: Um, who do you have? I, Gonzaga. I, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. So here's my thing. Um, one, I'm not going to bet against Gonzaga. I'm not going to pick against Gonzaga until they lose. I don't care if they were just in a, like a quote-unquote quarantine or whatever because I can tell you – From one, from what I've heard, and two, if you listen to the Bulldog broadcast with Dan Dickow on the field of 68 Media Network, like this, the shutdown was not a shutdown, right? There were certain people that had to be quarantined because of their exposure and contact tracing, but a lot of the guys on this Kansas in, in this Gonzaga program were still getting in the gym, they were still working out, they weren't necessarily having five on five practices, but this wasn't like uh, everybody was sitting in their dorm room or in their apartment or whatever for the last two weeks. Like that's that's not what it was for Gonzaga. So they might be, they might not quite have their game legs under them, but they've been practicing since Tuesday. They got four days under their belt, uh, and most of the guys like were still doing stuff. It you wasn't think, like you think it's
1: enough. Do You think it's enough after an Iowa team that just slapped UNC in the face, and then they they continued on this trail. But-
0: do I think it's enough? I, I, it's concerning. They, to me. It's definitely concerning to me, but it's not. Iowa's,
1: they, Iowa's been on on. They've been on the the BI as of recently. Yeah, been, they have. They
0: no, so there's there's well there's there, there's a two there's a second part to this. So okay. one, I, I don't think that the legs are going to necessarily be as much of an issue, especially with Gonzaga's depths. They got they got plenty of bodies to roll. out There
1: people. Yeah.
0: Um. The other part of it is the big concern that I have with Iowa, like the 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 Big picture, three hundred sixty degree view. Um, the reason why I don't think they can win a national championship is because I don't think that they are good enough defensively. And where they really, really struggle defensively is two things: one, containing guards off the dribble, right? Big problem, especially quick, draw, quick guards. And two, defending ball screens because Luca is just not. I mean, he Luca is what he is. He's an unbelievable basketball player, unbelievably hard worker. He busts his ass. Excuse me, and he gets every single ounce out of his ability, but he ain't quick and he ain't explosive, and he's not a guy that you want guarding ball screens. And that Mark Few offense, ball screen, ball screen, ball. he will go zone before they let
1: that happen to him, mm-hmm. and, then, uh, and he'll be in the middle of the zone again, like you talked about before, and they'll have to step out to that corner if they have that quick reversal. And <laughs> I just can't see uh, I can't see Gonzaga losing that game. I, I feel. Yeah. I feel like Drew Timmy plays too well. If they play man-to-man, Drew, Drew Timmy plays too well from the uh, perimeter, from the foul on and end as well. Uh, Luka Garza is going to have to defend him. I, I personally uh, – I remember early in the season we watched, I watched, we watched Virginia play, and I was sitting there watching uh, – I was sitting there, I was like, wow, he may be like one of the quickest bigs this year that I've seen. And then right afterwards I watched Drew Timmy play, and I was like, nah, case closed. He, to me, he's the best big, like Garza may be player of the year and so on and so forth. I kind of feel like Drew Temme overall is a better, he has a lot of everything. Like he's not just, he's not just extremely big in score. He can score left hand and right hand similarly. He can stretch the floor a little bit more consistently than I feel Luka Garza can. Luca Garza is very dominant. He's more dominant than Drew Temme is, but I feel like Drew Timmy can make it very difficult for him. And then, like you just brought up the the, the guards being able to defend from Iowa, they're not defending Suggs. They're not defending Kiser. They're not they're not doing that. And ball screens in the mix and so on and so forth. It's not going to happen. So I, I have Gonzaga winning that game as well.
0: Yeah, and and you mentioned the zone. I, I I don't think you want to zone Gonzaga. Exactly,
1: that's the last thing you want to do.
0: There, because the, the, here's the other thing: they literally have three point guards on the floor. One of them is a guy that is going to play for the French national team one day, and Joel, yeah, he's an yeah, NBA player. Yeah. One of them is Jalen Suggs, who like who did not tear his his, his Achilles tendon. He, yeah. he ended up we thought he did, and then he ended up playing the rest of that game. Uh, and the last one is Andrew Nemhard, who Nembhard. Uh, started for two years in the SEC, transferred after Jalen Suggs uh, might have torn his Achilles but didn't. He came in and he had nineteen and six against your West Virginia Mountaineers. Right, the sun, the sun shines went, on
1: the dog's ass every now and yeah. again. Continue. Yeah, but, so they have they have too too
0: many good passers, too many good shooters. Drew Timmy can pass the ball out of the hype. Like you just don't want to zone them. And I feel like the best way for Iowa to defend Gonzaga because of their issues guarding ball screens is the zone. And it's just their zone is not very good. Uh, it, it's it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. But but here's here's the one last thing that I'll say about this game, and Iowa has so many dudes that can shoot, and it's not like Gonzaga's great defensively. We've seen Luca Garza go six for seven from three in a game. We've seen them hit five straight threes in a seven minute stretch. We've seen Joe Wieskamp hit six threes in a game this year. Game. We've seen Jordan Bohannon hit six games into three this year. Yeah, like CJ Frederick is just a lights out knockdown shooter. Jack Nunji is a seven footer that can space the floor and make shots. Like there's there's a there's a realistic chance that Iowa can make like twenty threes in a game this season. And if they make twenty threes in any game, they're like they, they're winning. They're winning. You well, you could you have a very good chance of winning that game. If yeah. Iowa makes twenty threes against and and this question was actually asked by uh Lightfoot is cool in our in, in the chat. And, like, if Iowa makes 23s, then I'm not going to guarantee a win because Gonzaga could legitimately score 110 points in this game. Um, but, I, <laughs> like, they're, they're, like I, I do think that there's a real world where they make 23s. And if you make 23s, then you're going to have a chance in any basketball game that you play, even if you're playing uh, Gonzaga this year.
1: Well, I feel like if they win, if they make 23s, that's going to open up the pain for Luca to just go bananas. And I don't see him having a US uh, UNC game where he just shoots, like, six for, like, 16. I feel like if he got 16 shots up in the paint with Timmy on his back, that he's going to get a 20 ball. Like, that – as easy as I made it seem that Timmy can outwork Luca Garza, Luka Garza can put the the nails to Timmy on the the block. Like, Timmy isn't the strongest uh, interior force or interior presence defensively. So – I mean, not no. This is not a knock on my West Virginia guys, but like my guy Derek Culver, my guy Oscar Shiwa, they 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 made it very difficult for for Timmy physically. And Lula Garza's is a big guy, and he's not the type of dude that's just out, out there like just chilling. Like he's he puts a body on you from the beginning of the play to the end of the possession. So I don't know, man. I'm uh, uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great game. I'm looking forward to see who makes. The most threes though, it's going to be a very, a very, very big shootout. So
0: here's here's my question for you: What do you think the over/under is going to be in this game? Oh my God! Kemba <laughs> right now has a projected at 87, 84, which would put the over/under at 171, and there is no shot that that total is going to be that low. I don't think. My guess is it is it probably ends up being like 177 or something. And I'm gonna take no matter what that total is. I'm gonna bet on the over. There's no like w- no questions asked. I'm gonna bet on the over.
1: You just hope no that problem. they don't just. But you have to hope they don't shut the bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, dude, we know what Gonzaga can do. Like, here's the thing. Like, all right, we know what Gonzaga can do against numerous ranked teams, and we saw what Iowa did with UNC and some other teams as well, but. I haven't seen them play a ton of a ton of ranked opposition to just give them that like, you know, like they they took advantage of a team that didn't take them serious from the perimeter. When I say they didn't take them serious from the perimeter, UNC was like waiting underneath the three point line, almost like with their hands kind of down, chilling. And these guys were coming to the NBA line and just like putting them up clean. No one there. Late contest to the point where it was too late. And they were like twelve points down. Yep. Like this team, because I feel like few, like they know what they're getting ready to walk into. It's not going to be oh, we need to just stop Luca. No, it's like we need to like pay attention to everything that's going around because few in his day he snuck a couple of teams that were supposedly like bigger, better teams, or so on and so forth. So he knows what he's doing. He's not going to go out there unprepared. Like he knows. All right, cool. I gotta stress that my guards have to go out there and defend it. The guards go out there and defend and, and actually do what they're supposed to do. I don't I don't know if it'll be that close. I don't know if they'll get that uh that 80 that you <laughs> that she would bet over for.
0: Yeah, so um I hear what you're saying, but it's just there's there's too many good shooters, there's too many mismatches um, on the offensive end, and both these teams just play so fast. Like, that's, that's my thing is that this game is going to be like this. It's, sure. it's,
1: it's going to
0: be like watching a ping-pong match where you're like this, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just going to be back and forth. So, um, with how good they are offensively and how well both these teams can shoot and how fast they're going to play, like, I just I, – I, I would not be shocked to see this game get to um, to the 90s. I think we're going to be playing a game into the 90s. Now, uh, I, need, I need an official score prediction, an official pick for the
1: winner from you. Gonzaga, 78, Iowa, 69.
0: <laughs> 78, 69. All right. I'm going with Gonzaga, one. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Say that again? Say that one time?
0: This is Gonzaga, 108, Iowa, 94. And
1: my logic. 8 to 94. Yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> I went it. I went there. Remember, remember. Kansas, Kansas can't
0: score. <laughs> right? Kansas can't score, and they put up 90 and, again, and lost by 12 to Gonzaga.
1: The game I picked no. Kansas to score uh, to go for my over. They sh- they sh- They score like 55 points or something like that. I was sick. <laughs> I was up. I was livid.
0: Um. Yeah, but I mean, the the basic logic for me is this. Iowa and Gonzaga are both elite. Like they're, they're the two best offenses in college basketball. They're pretty good. Cool. Um, Gonzaga has defensive issues, but they're pretty good and they're passable. Iowa has very real weaknesses, and their weaknesses just so happen to be Gonzaga's strength, strengths offensively. So uh, I just I, I have a very difficult time in my mind seeing. Seeing the way that this plays out, that Iowa can win it. That's just I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh on the Hawkeyes, but that's just the way that I kind of see it going. 80, 80,
1: 70, yeah, I feel like I'm gonna trust. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to do my numbers again. I'm you. you you've convinced me almost. Now nah, I'm gonna stick them on. I'm sticking with mine. Forget yeah. It. Yeah. You, you can't
0: make a new one. Man. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. All right. Let's real quick. We're just gonna do picks on the on uh, the four big games of the weekend that are coming up. We have uh noon on Saturday, Louisville at Wisconsin, who wins. Sheesh.
1: I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna go with Wisconsin. Like Wisconsin there? Yeah, I like Wisconsin. Um, they play they play really well. And um what's that poor guard's name? The point guard uh light skinned guy. Demetri- trice. Yeah trice bro he he's a wizard with the basketball which is interesting because I mean obviously this isn't Bo Ryan's offense. Uh, but um, freaking uh, they! This is like the first time I've really gotten a chance to watch Wisconsin be a little bit guard dominant mm-hmm. in this year. So I, I enjoy watching this. It's like, and they got two really good bigs as well. So I, I, I think uh, Wisconsin will take that. All right, we have North Carolina at
0: Kentucky at two o'clock on Saturday. We got we got a nice little Saturday setting up here, Deshaun. Yeah, you no know, man, great afternoon games, and it's going to be great football games at the We got we got a good Saturday coming up. So uh, North Carolina at Kentucky. What do you got?
1: Well, you didn't even tell thought, me who you got. Should, who do you think Wisconsin is going to win? Or you think uh, Louisville's going
0: to? Oh no, I'm just I'm going to go against you. I'm going with Louisville. Oh, here we go. All right, I, I, so here's here, I know <laughs> in, I know that they're in quarantine. Yeah. yeah. Um, Good luck. But I, I love Louisville's guards. I love David Johnson. I love Carly Jones. I love the way that Chris Mack puts them into ball screens. I love the fact that both of them uh, can kind of play off of each other. So um, I'm just uh, – yeah, I'm going with the Cardinals. Mm, uh, shout I've out never, Coach
1: Mack. Shout out Coach Mack. Man, I love Coach Mack. I just
0: didn't yeah, – also also <laughs> – Wisconsin fans hate me, so I have to go um, against
1: them. I'm, <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to get back in their good graces if they if they even pay attention to me because like, I've crapped on them all
0: preseason. All right, so uh, <laughs> North Carolina against Kentucky. This is actually not at Kentucky. I misspoke. Uh, it is in Cleveland for the CBS Sports Classic.
1: Hmm. North Carolina, Kentucky. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go with UNC. UNC... Uh, like. It's, I'm picking UNC because of Kentucky, not because UNC does something that's just so magical. It's just I'm picking them because Kentucky turns the ball over way too much. Um, as far as what I've seen from them, they've played a game and a half of really, really, really good basketball out of all their games. Um, they're big UNC's bigs are a little bit more uh, alert and uh, active than I would say – Olivier Saar and the rest of the bigs on Kentucky are. I I just feel like UNC will have the upper hand in the paint more or less. And and if they run, then and they can like how can I put it? They can beat because you want Kentucky to run, but they they turn the ball over so much you're not going to get any, anything efficient out of it. But if UNC runs kind of the way they did in the second half against Iowa and pushes the tempo, makes some decent like. It could be a bad game for Kentucky.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you there. It's just you can't pick Kentucky to win anything at this point. You, just, right now, can't, yeah. it's tough. you can't do it. You can't do it. All right, uh, move to Sunday because we got some good games on Sunday as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Creighton at UConn in UConn's first game out of quarantine and first game back in the Big East.
1: Mm. Creighton, yeah, what am I talking about? I'm sorry. Uh Creighton, they still have the uh, biggest player of the year in their team who I mean they this is a they're they're a good team. I mean, well-round team. I'm expecting UConn to go out there and play well, but Creighton, uh they uh been battle tested so far this year. I want to say what, how many ranked teams have they they got so far into their boat? Like two or three. I mean, I don't know uh, if they I haven't won them, but they played like two or three ranked teams, I would assume. Yeah, that's they a
0: tough schedule. Yeah, they have hey, a tough UConn, schedule. UConn uh, just had their second shutdown they've been twice yeah, like, now
1: so I mean so I'll know these guys like similar like to how Butler came out like I'm sure UConn's guys will come out energetic and ready to go but sooner or later those legs will die down and it's gonna take them some time I mean I don't think UConn's a bad team but yep
0: like, yeah. in it
1: he's in they're in the mix so
0: i'm I'm with you there uh I, I just you can't you can't pick a team that's coming out of their second shutdown in the course of like six, six five years into yeah, it um, Illinois at Rutgers at one o'clock on Sunday. Uh, uh, hey, about your boy, Ron Harper, Jr. Listen,
1: this is, tough Jr. Is you, tough. this is tough for you. Not really. The only thing that makes it tough is one of my guys. Uh, one of my guys is over there. My boy, Ben, he's an assistant coach at Rutgers. Yeah, but, I, know, um, I know. I know. I know, Ben. Ben is that's family. That's West Virginia family. as that's, that's East Coast family. But Ron Harper, Jr. is amazing. But I can't pick against Illinois. Like I just can't. Like. Dunson, Dun- <laughs> Dasuma was just unreal he's a great leader um i'm expecting uh miller and frazier and these guys to have a better uh bounce back game than they have played the previously their previous games uh carbello's been playing great the last two two or three games and hopefully uh she almost said his name wrong Coburn can uh Come out and uh, have some consistency this game, and we can keep uh, Georgie out of foul trouble, and you will have a, a Illinois win. Rutgers is a very good team; it'll be a, g- a good game, I think. But if you can't stop that transition, which I don't see many teams doing, if you can't stop the run. Illinois is going to run over you, and it's going to be a it's going to be a, a bad game. All right, so you're you're taking Rutgers to lose. All right, I just yeah. texted. Uh,
0: Ben Asher. Leave ben,
1: leave ben out of this. Ask
0: as, as, as Shaw who we picked to win on Sunday. And I'm, I'm a to him my, right now unless he watches. I'm going with my Scarlet Knights. <laughs> you, don't, you don't just walk into the rack and expect to get a W. You don't just walk into the rack and win. Yeah, Nobody. you do.
1: I've done it for years. I used Nobody to do it all the
0: time for fun. Not, not with Steve Peichel there. Not with Ben Asher on staff.
1: Ben Asher was on my <laughs> staff at that time. <laughs>
0: You don't just go up to the rack and get a W. Man. Uh, Rutgers, man. Rutgers is a legit. Ron Harper Jr. is legit. Um, no, I just mostly think that they have the size to be able to deal with Kofi inside. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do trust them to be able to um, kind of corral the guards a little bit, especially in the ball screens. And uh, I, I don't know, man. It's just Rutgers got the feel of that team that that is going to win games that you do not expect them to win. They're tough. They, they, like I said, Ron Harper Jr. is a He's stud. He's a
1: mismatch, man. He's a mismatch, yeah. bro. Geo,
0: Geo Baker's healthy. I, I just, I think that's a really good team. They got, and they got this freshman, uh, Cliff Amarui. I hope I'm saying his name right. Where's he from? Uh, Somewhere in New Jersey. Um, that's
1: right. sure, kind familiar. That's why I was wondering.
0: <laughs> yeah, his uh, his brother played at Rutgers and then transferred oh, to All right. right, cool, cool, cool,
1: cool.
0: Yeah, yeah and so, like, he, he blocks shots. He's a... Um, he's a vertical spacer at the rim of ball screen. Like he's just a really good, really solid player, and adds a dynamic that I don't think Rutgers has had in a while. Like when was the last time the Rutgers had a dude that was that good? Like he was a top fifty prospect. So like it's, it's been it's been a while since I had a player that. Yeah. So yeah, I was saying, going, it's been a while. <laughs> Scarlet Knights, baby, are you? Let's go. Um, last game, we got Cade Cunningham going into Austin, into the Irwin Center to take on the University of Texas Longhorns. What do you got there?
1: Cade Cunningham will have an amazing game, but Texas will win the game. Um, it's just too much. Like, Texas has, I feel like, too much. And unless Cade and Likely have an amazing scoring game and and fan, favor, flavors and, and the rest of the group just join in with points, I, I don't see that being the case. I, I see Likely possibly having a decent game, and I see Cade playing well. I don't see them beating Texas. Like they're Texas is four got four perimeters out there and the big that they just they they're gonna they're gonna overwhelm Oklahoma State.
0: Yeah, I mean I just don't I don't trust I don't Kate Cunningham supporting cast enough. Yeah, and that's
1: why and that I sucks. do think
0: yeah, I, I do think that shock is good enough to kind of take away what uh what they take away Kate Cunningham in limited events yeah. So I'm I'm with you there as well. Um, so I think the only ones that we differ on are uh, I got Rutgers, you got Illinois.
1: We all make mistakes. Don't worry about it. Continue. <laughs> Continue. What were we saying? <laughs>
0: and uh, and I, have, I have Louisville and you have uh, Wisconsin. But I think that's it for us, man. As always, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. If you're still here, you've obviously enjoyed what you've been listening to, uh, giving us those ratings, giving us that interaction, helps us in the metrics, it helps us in the rankings, and it helps us grow this podcast. Uh, If you do that for any of the podcasts you listen to on the network, it really does help. I promise you. So if that's, uh, if you're listening to this and you want to support us, that's the best way that you can do it. So rate, review, subscribe. Um, And as always, Deshaun, it's been a great podcast, man. It's great catching up with you. You know what we do on this podcast.
1: We talk ball, no interviews, just no interviews. We talk ball.